Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Drunken Dice Podcast. I'm Alex, joined with my other co-host Jim and Peter. Uh, how is everyone doing, and what are y'all drinking tonight? Booze. Shocking. Kidding. Uh, Twelve-year Glenmorangie. Very nice. Peter. Uh, I'm doing something a little unusual. Uh, it's a, it's Garrison Brothers Texas Bourbon. So Ooh, okay. I was given it by a family from Texas, no less. Um, they had yes. a few. Yeah, had a few Texas stuff. They love just yes, smoke. It's, it's very peaty. Yeah. So some of them straight up just like will smoke it like barbecue style, like that type of smoke. Over like, they'll smoke the barrels as they age. Yes, to... that's awesome. I just like the fact that Peter is drinking something that's peaty. Ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had to knew that was coming. I once I, I said it, I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm sure once you saw the smile on my face, I was like, "Okay." And I am drinking Blade and Bow uh, Bourbon. It's actually a really good one that you can get for a pretty decent price. Uh, there's something that one of these keys that it comes with it will unlock something at the distillery. Um, like kind of like a Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory type deal, but I haven't been there to try out my two keys. But it's just it's really really good. It's yeah, right. It's <laughs> one bathroom. of those. It's one of those that's really good for either neat or on the rocks. I don't know if I'd want to mix it because it's really good. But if anyone hasn't tried it, you should. It's very much recommended, and it's not that badly priced either. Cool. That's a plus. All right, before we get into our usual shenanigans with some homebrew stuff, does anyone have anything they want to cover? Well, not quite yet. My new hey. DD is still on the way. Hey. Hey. She's apparently upset I'm getting a new DD book, the Von Richten's oh, like, Guide to Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, what I've read about it, though, it's it's interesting that apparently like the big bads that the horror suggestions they give you in the book don't have stat blocks that's 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 what was reported by like uh polygon today that's odd interesting that yeah so like has horror like basically some horror stories stuff in there but doesn't give like stat blocks for the big bad at the end of them so it's like oh and okay point well i guess you uh aren't attacking it i don't know i'll have to i'll let you know probably next week after i get the book and have read every single page so look yeah. forward to that next week that's be fun you got a nice little mini review of the the guy to raven law yeah say so, going into fun stuff what homebrew have you found okay okay so this time it's uh mostly just some items we got really deep into some rules last time and i was like we just need some items uh that aren't as complicated as the drum from last week yes so the first one is a skeleton key Mm -hmm. okay uh so the blade of the key has no teeth but can open any door a player can choose to use the key 
but will permanently lose 1d4 plus 1 of their teeth uh, to the key for it to work. Uh, it also has like this, he's ain't no pretty no more, because I guess someone from the deep south wrote this. Ain't uh, no pretty no more. Boy, howdy. Uh, the GM can decide what the consequences of his dental work will be. Uh, ability score, like a, a hit to like charisma until it's fixed, or disadvantage advantage. So you gain advantage in intimidation, but disadvantage in persuasion. I don't know if I'd want to use that. This is a very weird thing. So. <clears throat> I get that, like, you want to add a consequence to using it besides just, like, the roleplay of you losing teeth. <clears throat> I think losing ability score is... That's a bit much. That's a bit much. I don't necessarily dislike the advantage on intimidation, disadvantage on persuasion. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Because, I mean, re- this it can open any door. So, like... That's, that's I, I, I would assume, I would assume outside of like arcane locked doors, like yeah, this opens it. Unless it's like a magical lock in that regard, because I feel arcane lock. I wouldn't roll that thing can open arcane lock because that goes against magic. <clears throat> yeah, no, arcane lock's just like a magic block on the door, mm-hmm. but like a lock that you're putting a key in, like it it can open all of them. Okay, but you know. You, you start losing teeth. And so naturally there's a limit to that unless you just keep passing this key around to the party. Like, well, shoot, I just lost my last tooth. Here you go. Finding, uh, finding, maybe finding food outside of rations would be harder because rations aren't necessarily soft. If you got dentures, what would happen? Well, those aren't teeth. So what if they're they're made not your teeth. you just need someone with restoration. <clears throat> or regenerate. That's also true. You could just negate this with yeah that. Like, I mean, oh, sure we have you're blowing day. a spell slot to do that, right? Um, but like, a we have a day in town. Heal my face. <laughs> Heal my face. <laughs> <laughs> you come into town. The barkeeper looks at you like, oh my goodness. Three days later, you come downstairs. Who is this guy? Oh, he came in earlier. I mean that ugly, brand new pearly whites. <laughs> I will say you would not have to worry about cavities ever again. True, no, because like, if you have ah, a cavity, it hurts. you just start unlocking stuff and yeah, just like comes out. I'm sorry. Do you have menial objects that you just need unlocked? I will go around town. I will be the locksmith for the town for the like a day. Oh, you locked your you locked a, your keys and uh the trunk on the back of the cart. Let me take care of that for you. You can get in your house now. Uh, what, what classes get? Um, is it is it lesser or greater restoration that does that? I think just. I don't know. It, uh... Peter, you brought it up. Is you lesser? You touch a creature and can then either one disease or one condition afflicting it with missing tooth count as a condition. No, I, th- I think it's regenerate. I did say regenerate because regenerate definitely. Re- yeah, the targets yeah. severed body members, if any, are restored after two minutes. 
if you have but, it, uh, you can a condition would be like blindness or deafness yeah That'd be yeah. A condition. yeah regenerate is what you need which yeah. uh what, what level is that seventh uh, seventh so you're blowing a seventh level spell you're bl- for sure like it's there is cost to it and but i mean there has to be for opening any lock yeah I mean, you can start up a business like this. Say you're a bard. Is that strong enough? It's a retirement plan. You just become yeah. a town's locksmith. And you're just like, okay, click, click, click. Heal. All right, I'm fine. Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. First come, first serve. After a certain amount of times, I'm done for the day. <laughs> I would be... But depending on how high a level they are, you can upcast it, and it'd be fine. That's true. Yeah. I like it. I think that's a... Yeah, I kind of like that one. It's great. You have so much fun with it. After having gone over it, yes, but on original hearing, I thought it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't use the like minus one or two to your charisma ability score because, like, charisma caster. That doesn't matter if you have teeth, yeah. um, but you're dis- you're dropping their ability to hit and their save DC. No, but like, yeah, the persuasion intimidation. Yeah, like the skill check, sure, but not the ability score. Yeah, I mean, I might see an argument for once you've lost half your teeth because it becomes difficult to uh, speak your spells properly. Not. Can I help you up there? You're hearing voices from the depths. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, while you're talking to the ether, uh, the next one is bag of treats. Oh, okay. So that's inside a silken bag tied at the neck by a pink velvety ribbon. Are two d six plus three sweets in a bright assortment of colors. If a creature consumes its sweet, they are transformed into one of the beasts on the table below. An unwilling creature must make a DC 13 wisdom saving throw <laughs> to be affected. Transformation lasts for a minute and is uh, as if the creature is under the effects of polymorph. <clears throat> so uh, a black candy, you turn into a panda. Blue is a goat. Green is an owl. Pink's a ferret. Purple's an octopus, orange is a hare, and yellow is a canary. At first I was like, this is way overpowered, and then I was like, no, I love this. I love this a lot. <laughs> it's because this is only for a minute, too. Like, in combat, you know, that yeah, that's ten rounds. But also, it works just like polymorph, so if you hit zero HP, you're reverting. Yeah, I'm, I'm and, also... And you only have so many sweets. This doesn't re- restore at any point. Oh, that's fair. Oh, yeah. yeah, that seems I, I, pretty good. It's it this definitely is like gimmick. a perfect, hey, I'll make a distraction, you pop this, get into the next room, and you're there sort of thing. Or I need to get over this wall, like right now. I will my way up. If you or like, right hey, hey, I mean, like, you can see the colors, and if you're willing, you can... Right, but if... Isn't it random what it generates? You can look in there and see what it is, but it's like it doesn't say it's random. Hmm. It just says it's there are like one of each. 
2d6 plus 3 sweets in an assortment of colors. Okay. So I guess it's up to the DM. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could... I mean, when we roll the 2d6, we can say, like, oh, there's two black, one blue, three green, two pink, like, whatever, but... Um, it doesn't necessarily say that it's a random, like, you just pull a candy and it's random, it's all based on the color that you pull, so assumingly you could look into the bag and be like, we really need an octopus because we're trapped right now and they're great at escaping things. Um, let's Do look quickly or this will end poorly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through a crack, you turn back into you, just get split. Depending on what it is, you might break it. Yeah. The old Ant-Man up Thanos' butt argument. Exactly. Still think it would have worked. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of a fun item. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's two good ones today. Two good ones today. Uh, now we got a spell. Oh, so no. this is called this is a first level necromancy spell called Roll the Bones. Uh, oh, cast, bones. Casting time, one action. Range, 60 feet. Uh, vocal, somatic, and material components. A gaming set, dice, or a gold coin. Duration, instant. Uh, so you choose a creature within range. You roll a d8. If you roll a 1, you take 2 necrotic damage. But on a 2 through 8, you can either deal that much damage to the creature... Or roll a d6. And so then with the d6, if you roll a 1, you take 4 necrotic damage. Uh, but on a 2 to 6, uh, you can either add this number to the result of the eight, 1d8 roll uh, and deal that much necrotic damage to, that, to the target creature or, or roll a d4. And obviously a 1 on d4, you're going to take now 6 necrotic damage. Uh, but on a 2 through 4, you can either... Uh, deal that necrotic damage to the creature equal to the result of all three rolls or flip a coin. Uh, if the coin comes up heads, you deal necrotic damage to the creature equal to the D8, D6, D4 uh, result multiplied by two. And if the coin comes up tails, you take eight necrotic damage. I like this. I love just the ridiculousness of it. Right? It's like wild I mean, magic, but for necromancers. That's what I was thinking. Like, this would be a fun thing for wild magic. Yeah, a little bit. And, like, on it, like, yeah, you have the risk at the very end, especially, like, eight necrotic damage. But honestly, that's not bad. Like, it's, it's only eight. It's not the two plus four plus six plus eight. It's just eight necrotic damage. Plus, say, it's ridiculous and you roll max damage on each so 8 plus 6 14 plus 4 18 times 2 you're doing 36 damage with a first level spell mm -hmm. if everything comes up max yeah and would, uh, low level 2 4 6 12 damage you know what i would also see feel like this is perfect for an arcane trickster yeah 
and Arcane Trickster really, really well. Oh, for sure. Or Trickery Domain Cleric. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely a Trickery Domain Cleric. I mean... I, I this like one. this one. This yeah. seems actually pretty good. Right? See, I... I not in spite of what i said last week where i was like no we 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 do like homebrew things these ones have just sucked see we really do like homebrew things if they're good because they i love that the gamble always will have some risk to it you're not just getting free stuff mm-hmm. on that yeah. i like that it's a meaningful increase in whatever you're doing too yeah it is almost like if you you don't just do it once if you're gonna do it like you're gonna commit you don't get a lot of reward for doing it once or twice. It's getting that double at the end if you can. I mean, even if, like, you get to the D4 and you're just, like, not sure about it, that's still a D8, a D6, and a D4 that's of true. damage on a first-level spell. That's already not bad. Yeah. That's um, true. I mean, it doesn't have, like, upcasting, so... Presumably you can't upcast it. That would be fun. Upcast to level 2, you start with a d10. Yeah, you keep working your way down. Yeah. You upcast it another level, it's a d12. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. Yeah, you could add that rule in there. I mean, and if you just follow the same like pattern for the risk to you, uh, you go up to a 10 necrotic damage at the end or 12 necrotic damage at the end. Because yeah. it just goes up by 2 every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a fun spell. It is. It do. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Alright, All right. that's... What else? That's, uh, the only other thing is a bit of a discussion I found online that uh, I think I mentioned it like two episodes ago, but we didn't really get into it. Um, and it was just a perception of uh, from a player that like started way back in AD&D in the 70s and now has come back to D&D in 5th edition. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know, back in the day it was taboo to let the players know what the monster's armor class was. Uh, though I don't announce it before the first player hits. Uh after it hits, I let the players know they needed a 16 to hit. Is it still a taboo subject? Back in first edition, when there was, when there were dozens of different charts to follow by level, class, etc., it was a different story. I don't see the need to hide that anymore. What are your thoughts? I mean, I wouldn't just tell them outright, especially depending on the hit. But it's you can you'll figure it out eventually. When I rolled the. 13, does that hit? No. I rolled a 14, does that hit? Yes. Well, there we go. We found it. Right. Yeah. I feel like once it's, like, kind of found talking about it, it's not whatever, but it's not like, oh, I rolled a 23. Okay, you needed a 14 or better to hit. I feel I I wouldn't do that. Right. At that point, there's, like, no need, like, I rolled a 30. Great, Rogue. I'm glad you dumped everything into decks. You needed a 10 to hit. Like, why does that matter? Like, yeah. Uh, I'll say, like, from, uh, like, I guess from, like, a DM side of it, because there are monsters slash 
other NPCs that you could fight that have abilities like parry or things like that. Um, although you guys like can figure out like, oh, a 13 didn't hit a 14 hit, so it's a 14 armor class. Like, still having to check back. So not just not telling you guys, so you still have to check back. Like, does a 14 hit? Like, yeah. no, because he used his reaction to parry this time. So, like, no. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit, that hit last time. What? And like, exactly. yeah, it changed. As opposed yeah. to just like, well, I know I need a 14 to hit. So I just roll. Okay, I hit it. It's like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's take a, take exactly. a step back. What'd you roll? Okay, no, that doesn't hit. Or, okay, yeah, it hits. It's just or, like that part of it breaks up for... Like spellcasters with shield or something else, there's still so many circumstances that I still wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, I think it would throw too much into metagaming. I'm not, yeah. even, I'm not saying it's taboo. I just think it breaks the flow of everything and can cause confusion. I think it also kind of can mess with the the tension, like Jim was yeah. saying, where like you could have the parry or you could have the shield or something, and mm-hmm. so it's like if you're like, oh well, I know it's gonna hit. Where's where's the worry that you know something could happen? Like, oh, I'm fighting this thing. I think it's weak. Surprise! It's not. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or I mean, like thinking back to one of our games, um, for the audience, they were fighting a giant ass demon that got accidentally summoned. Uh, uh, Peter. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Uh, okay, Jim, you were. Encouraging him the entire Every, time. Yes, that's my job. It's not my fault. <laughs> okay, uh, I believe the demon. Did I make? I think I made a drinks with the DM video on the demon dagger. I think you did. I think I did. So there's a there's a drinks with the DM video that you could go check back to. Every time Peter attacked with this dagger that was infused with power by a demon, it did extra necrotic damage, which also was giving the demon more hit points and minions and minions and with access hit points still in the dagger it could use it to heal at the start of its turn um so every moment i peter was like i don't know what to do i'm just use the demon dagger i mean it's doing like 3d4 damage in total like use it okay i'm just sitting here like can you do anything else other than that I feel like this is bad. And generally, I couldn't do anything else because most of my other stuff wouldn't hit. Yeah. That's accurate. So, uh, so yeah, they, they summoned a demon, and it came down to really a last roll by uh, one of our players, Becky, in trying to get like the final killing blow as she was for sure about to die. And, and using her Tides of Chaos. And using her tides of chaos. Yeah, yeah she, she, she she did a crit fail first before she yeah. remembered to have it. Yep, it was uh, it was it was super intense. But like, I mean, you were alive with one. one hit point because oh, of your hack orf, hack orf. Yep, hack orf, half, half orc uh, yep. ability. Um, but the demon had a turn before it was mine again. I'm pretty sure or something. Yeah, like that. I so was so it was, loud. Yeah, um, Peter, I believe you were down and oh, probably. And I believe Tatu, our barbarian, was down. down. Every spell slot of someone who was up was gone. Becky and I only had cantrips left. Yeah. Like, it was all... Because we, we fought how many minions? Like, Tons. that was a... 
stupidly long fight. It was a slog. <laughs> it was supposed to be. Like yeah. that was that was a big buildup. I don't really remember that fight. I think that was one of those days where I was half falling asleep. And once Very you were funny. dead, you definitely I think fell asleep. And <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey, you just rolled it really well. <laughs> yeah, Elthurion's down. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's fair. He's not coming back. They're too busy with this other crap. Uh, I don't have time to get you up. Yeah, no. But at the end of that fight, like it came to that last roll and the like, you know, the roll and like that anticipation of like, does it hit? Does it not hit? Like if you already know, and she goes, I rolled the sixteen. You're like, oh, it hits! Yay! Instead of like, I rolled the sixteen. Does it hit? And it's like the. Roll your damage. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, and this thing got, was getting health, and it had so many abilities. I had no idea if things ever stayed the same from, like, round to round with yeah. all the stuff this thing was doing. That's fair. Um, so, yeah. It, it's it's the anticipation of, of rolling and playing that part of the game. It's it's the fl- just the flow of combat where you know it's that back and forth like i rolled this okay it hits or it doesn't hit instead of like oh i hit it okay no let's stop take a step back what'd you roll because maybe something affects yes you still hit no you don't and then like now we can move forward so i mean if you're if you're on an like a minion slug and it's a bunch of zombies yeah that's one thing over make the zombie do its damn bullshit ability can we go now because it's just gone on for so long but yeah. i wouldn't do it with any buddy who's more than just a meat shield yeah and and i guess to me it just it comes down to like habits because if you at least try to keep good habits like that even in like the small fights of like i rolled this yeah that hits or no it doesn't hit um especially on in online games and not at the table um, where we can all sit there and see your role. Um, but, you know, like, it's that good habit that you do in the small fights that don't really matter that you continue to do in the big fights when it really does matter instead of just being like, I hit, and now we have to be like, no, no, this fight, this is a big fight. You have to go back and, like, do things the way we were supposed to do it. Yeah. So. It's definitely better than that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think that's a good call. Yeah, so not taboo. It's just it just helps yeah. on a few different levels. Yeah, I am also very understanding. If you had a combat encounter that's taken like three hours and you're just trying to do anything to speed it up. Oh, you guys have I, seen I, you guys have seen me go into speed combat mode. Yes, and we have like a hard out for one of our players where it's like ten o'clock. I have to go. Got to go to bed. Where I'm like, we got like one, maybe two rounds left. Okay, everyone's rolling their attack and damage together because we're speeding this up. I'm saying yes, no, and I'm calculating like we're. I'm not being descriptive. We're just speeding through this last little bit of combat because someone has a hard out and we're um, two minutes away from that. So yep, and we want to finish this encounter. Before we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that's. I say that's a fair thing go on like it's obviously it depends on what your table is but it also depends what you're doing if you have a lot of people who really like the numbers and the combat part of it mm. i mean 
I feel like that was a lot more fair on like fourth edition when every everything was so crazy anyway. And you could be like, hey, I know I have at least this. Do I have to do a lot of math now? I mean, yes, you still have to do lots of math. What it, I mean, really, like in AD&D and all of that, it was worse because it wasn't like necessarily hard, singular hard number for everyone. There, there are different tables you're rolling on and that's all like and all that crap comes in and like i mean i just got a hold of a dungeon master's guide and a player handbook for AD&D ooh and it's uh it it's so different and it's it's so much more and i'm like okay i can understand why you wouldn't like tell all the behind the scenes stuff as a dm that's like taboo like oh, i get it that's fair Beautiful. It's a good question to post. Random internet questioner. Indeed. I mean, his name is Damon. Thank you, Damon. That was a very fun discussion. That was. What do you got? And, it, and if you're watching this, how'd you find us seriously? Because we need yeah. to push that more. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how? That's weird. It's weird because we're small and I didn't post the, the very particular group that I found that in because... Well, they're not really open for me posting random promotions every time we post a video, which is now like t two to three times a week. <laughs> they do, because it's about DM DMing, so it's not really. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, there's... So, oh, that's just a dumb one. Okay. <laughs> let's hear it i want the dumb no, it's the, the dumb it's just like looking for ideas for like a ruined castle dungeon i'm like eh, we're not we're not doing that this this is fantastic though okay. a wondrous item belt of the hogan oh no oh no brother hold on there brother <laughs> the belt of the hogan it is a relic of power. It is a black belt with large golden center buckle. Of course. It, it has several powers. While attuned, the yeah, I can't keep doing. It. I, I mean, I can, <laughs> but I, I, I need. If I'm going to keep doing, I need water, not booze. <laughs> um, do it. I, I don't have water. I would have to walk away. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So it has several powers when attuned. When, while attuned to the belt, you gain advantage on perception checks when you place your hand on your ear. Yep. Uh, also, three times a day while you're wearing the belt, you can call forth the powers of Hogan. Uh, if you rip off your... If you rip off your shirt, you're granted a strength score of 20 for one hour. If your strength score is already 20, it is increased by two. I love this. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so absurd. And that's the sort of ridiculousness that I love to have in homebrew stuff. That's amazing. Like, I mean, I, can we <laughs> come up with a series of things like this? Like, I want the um, the Stein of Stone Cold 
that you go and like you break it over your head and increases your strength by five or something like that. As long as you also drink from from it. After yeah, you you, you have to you have to chug and smash, and you get a uh, an increase of strength for a certain amount of time. Would it be strength or would it be like something to intimidation? Because you can't just give the same effect for all of these intimidation. things. That's true. Because um, like I am intimidated by being stunned. Um, I would say it's in general charisma. You get a boost to charisma, charisma with that. Yeah. That's a charisma boost. That's perfect, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll have to think about this. Cause you like get it, a belt that the, once the, per day you get invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> or that'd be just like the trumpet. You play the... Uh, the opening few notes and you can no longer be seen. I like that this is the, this is the trigger. The actually doing it is good. <laughs> uh, you can have like uh, the the glasses of of the macho. Mm-hmm. Macho man or any savages like sunglasses. Ooh, um, you get there's like the the big hat that you can cast animate dead once per day. Yes. Uh, the call of the nature boy. You call an animal companion. Just the. Oh. Yeah, so we need to, we need to do that. It'd be hilarious. What if what if WWE was D and I'm pretty sure it would be very similar to uh, how they did it in Avatar. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would be very, very similar. <laughs> Probably. The yeah. does not understand how these rules work. <laughs> oh God! I feel like we're about to. We're gonna we're, get we're off this. Yeah, we're we're oh, we're gonna like finish with this. We're like, so we're making these these items right like we're yes. doing that right now right we're doing our we're doing our homebrew <laughs> and next week isn't homebrew from other people this is our homebrew wwe inspired items yes fantastic all right so now getting on to the actual bulk of the show we are gonna go in down to our favorite spells through each of the the spellcasting classes from cantrip to whatever height they go we're going to do it kind of in the order in alphabetical order in the order they came out so we're going to go through like bard and all that as they see in the player's handbook and then we'll end with artificer because we don't have a lot of experience with artificers so we're going to hold off on that one yeah right this there. sounds like jim's gonna apply for a bunch of random online games and just pitch artificer every time just so i can learn it that's yeah, yeah. That's right. And I get more horror stories along the ways. That is there true. we go. That's how like most of my horror stories have have come about. And so I joined an game. online game, and there were thirteen of us. Oh no! Oh boy, that one. Yeah that that was a drinks with the DM video. Yeah. Yep, that was. I remember that, that was that. I have yet yeah. to join a game like that with people I don't know. See. You just gotta be, probably a good idea. It's it's probably a good idea, I, but yeah, I've replied to a lot of 
uh, games on the RLFG subreddit or on just Roll Twenties, like advertising for games section. Yeah, I thought about doing one of the LFGs for Star Trek Adventures just to get a better grasp from the player side. I think that might be good yeah. for me, but other than that, I'm not really all that interested in playing with randos. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I got hey, stories. Yeah. All right. Who wants to stories. go first? Starting with Cantrip. What is our favorite bard cantrip? Well, how about and I start? Because yeah, Mr. Bard. Because my first character ever was a bard. Still is. He's not dead yet. Uh, well, as that's, much that's, as he's tried, he's that's not true. He not has dead. died, and then he came back. So there's he's a caveat it, in there, and then yeah. a couple more times. <laughs> well, he wasn't like dead, dead more than it once. just downed. He was dead, dead at least once. I said he was more. dead, dead once, and he was downed multiple at times. Least times. Yeah. yeah, he's been downed several times. <clears throat> I'm just saying he's only been all dead once it's been mostly dead multiple times like no more death saving throws like he's dead once yeah still doing death saving throws yeah yeah we don't want to count that there's so many but uh anyway the cantrip that i went with uh, is message because i think this is a fantastic utility spell yes just used it for a lot of things of you know trying to be sneaky about stuff someone's all the way across the room and you can be like hey don't 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 make a noise or like you know what i've attempted to do is you know turn someone invisible walk away and then kind of direct (laughs) them from across the room but that didn't work didn't work this past time but you know yeah how'd that go peter yeah it didn't work but then I then I went all Rorschach on those two assholes in there, and well, it worked out. Yeah, it, it worked out in the end. But I'm just saying, like that that sort of thing. Like message is just extremely, extremely useful for like quick communication across decent distances, and like it. Sure, it's not one that you're going to use in combat very often. Who cares? Uh, but it's very good for just like anything else. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, that's a great spell. Uh, and D and D is more than just combat, so yes, exactly. it definitely is. <clears throat> uh, for mine, speaking of combat, uh, I took Vicious Mockery because I do like myself a damaging cantrip. Damaging cantrips are always fun. When uh, yeah. when I've run out of all my other spell slots, I can at least be helpful. Um, yeah, this is a Wisdom save throw d4 damage but it gives disadvantage on the next attack roll uh made before the end of my next turn so like yeah the the person i hit is going to be a disadvantage on their next attack and as a cantrip that's fantastic because even high level bosses if they fail the wisdom saving throw a disadvantage is disadvantage that yes it is a five percent chance that they roll a one so Giving them more t- more chances to roll a one and making them choose the lower ones always positive. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. They, so damage and utility is always a good thing to have, and it just fits a bard. I just love the image of a bard with like a flute, just mocking a giant vampire or something like that. Oh god, yeah. 
The, the times I've played bards, I have legitimately tried to uh, come up with a bunch of different taunts, like as the combat's going on. Like when I see what we're going up against, I'm like half half of the time uh, when it's not my turn, I'm trying to like, oh, this would be a good joke. This would be a good joke. This would be a good joke. Because I'm actually going to tell you how I'm mocking the. I'm not just saying <laughs> I catch vicious mockery. I'm going to be like, I call his mother a hamster and his father smells of elderberries or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, Some non-copyrighted things that we have to do. I changed enough of the words in that, I think, maybe. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> eh. Eh. There, uh, uh, it's not like we're actually using the clip. Yeah. No. But speaking of non-combat, I went with prestidigitation. Because it is one of those cantrips that its only limit is really your imagination. Imagination. Do so much with it. And it will never become unuseful. That's true. <laughs> it's it is a fantastic utility cantrip. So it good. Is. Yes, your cabinets and everything go loud. In my end. Oh, don't worry. You can't hear it on the feed. Or not, now I can hear something. But or can we? And the ice fishing. Well, you know what can't hear it tell that person to go to their room and give them a bottle if you need to it can be a bottle please that's fine the nose maker yeah i I see we see her shame (laughs) shame (laughs) are you recording yes yep you were making all the noise, so we let everyone in. <laughs> shame, shame. Oh boy. Fantastic. Love you. Love you. See? At least someone loves you. That's getting left in. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's move on to level one spells. Yes. Uh, so still because I have yet to uh, find a good damaging spell, I didn't like at this level. Uh, Dissonant whispers. Yeah. I mean, fun spell. Three d six psychic damage, which not a lot of things are resistant against psychic damage. And that's really good for a first level. Three d six is mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. Plus they have to use the reaction and move as far away. Uh, as possible. Um, they just, like, they're not going to move into obvious danger, so, like, there's just fire or a pit. Um, but they have to move away, which means if your front line is standing next to them, they have to move away. You can't disengage with a reaction, so they're going to take AO- uh, a not AoE, uh, attack for opportunities. Um, which means potentially even more damage. Like, if your front line has a greatsword, that's effectively 5d6 damage. So, that's solid. That's super solid. That's very solid. I'm sticking with the um, utility. I'm originally going to go with uh, Tasha's uh, Hideous Laughter just because it is really good to incapacitate someone, need be. But it kind of levels out quickly, especially with wisdom saving throws. 
So my official one is going to be Disguise Self, because that will be useful at every point in your campaign. I don't really see a time, unless you get a magic item, that can cast Disguise Self, that you'd want to get rid of it. Because there's so many good uses to being able to change your appearance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like re-entering the town you already went murder hobo in. Because shame you have to go back. Or fluffing your way to a literal king. And trying not to get caught. And for sure getting caught. <laughs> yes. 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 But the disguise got caught. Not me. That's accurate. So... Yeah. In a in a one shot, did use disguise self to sneak into a meeting with with a, a king and a bunch of other people and chose called out. Yeah, got got straight up called out because the person he said he was also was not supposed to be at that meeting. <laughs> but at least I didn't have to lie to someone who they would know would be there. That's accurate. That's you didn't have I mean. to worry about someone finding the body uh, of that person somewhere else mid-meeting. Yeah. Yes, that was that was a very good thing. Yeah. And I just had enough feet and other proficiencies and nonsense that I was able to get away with it, that I wasn't going to die. That I was able to at least get it to. I just got kicked out of the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. That could have ended poorly. Could have. Very much so. So my first level spells... Um, I picked I, I have two only because one is one that I definitely go for all the time uh, Cure Wounds because the Bard is one of the buffing classes and so it's always good to have that especially if uh, like <clears throat> our party you don't have any other healers uh, it's always good two to, sorcerers no other healers it's, though yeah it's always good to I was have, never the healer I was, it's always good to have a healing spell and the plus side of Cure Wounds is you can also upcast it and it goes up 1d8 for every slot. So if someone's like really hurt, you can just go over and be like, okay, have all the heals. Um, yeah. So, But for, for fun or for, for utility, if you wanted something that's like not just like, oh, I need this because I have heal it, I need to heal people, uh, is Featherfall. Uh, that just seems like a one, I just think it's kind of fun. And two, it's definitely helpful if, like, you need to make a quick escape off the top of a tower or something like that. Or you fly incredibly high distances and need a failsafe. Yeah. Yes, or because it has happened a couple times to me, probably some horror stories I can I can share with in more Drinks to the DM videos, uh, but inevitably at some point, someone forces you to make an athletics check to climb something or to balance them and you fall because you're not a strength character and yeah. there's no real way for you to get back up and you just keep rolling and failing and you're like no i'm yeah they can't catch me i can't grab onto anything i'm just falling to my death cool feather fall yep. yay yeah so those are those are my two for and that's the one time the dice hated you i know the dice hate me plenty Dice hate me all the time, so they do hate you quite a lot. The dice hate me when certain people are rolling against me, and it's just like, "Hey, Jim, remember how you had like plans?" No. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Nat twenties. Oh, okay. Cool. All the nat twenties. Or I don't want to kill Peter. Multi attack against Peter. Two nat twenties. Huh. 
okay, this was supposed to be an easy encounter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always good when Peter gets crushed. Every time. It happens Every regularly. Time. Legit, oh. I, I have done the math. I crit him two and a half times more than the rest of the party combined. Yep. That's right. This is why in, like, Star Wars, I stay behind crates. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that could end very poorly. All right, get into the second level spells. So, I chose not a damaging spell, because I am not a one-trick pony sometimes. Uh, detect Thoughts. Uh, yeah, ridiculously good. So, I mean, it doesn't affect anything with intelligence of three or less. That's fine. Not trying to get information out of that. Uh, <laughs> but on anything else, like, if you're focusing on it, you you get the surface thoughts, and then, I mean, like, they can use their action to, if you're, like, still focusing on that one creature, to, like, Figure out you're reading their thoughts, um, but that's I mean just that just having the surface thoughts just in the middle of like an interrogation super helpful or even just like mm-hmm. RP with not necessarily interrogation but a negotiation anything like that like knowing surface thoughts is fine if you really need to go deeper you you can make them roll the save um, there's the risk that the spell ends but you know so much more if it succeeds. Yeah. And you don't even need to do that if you're just worried about surface thoughts. Yeah. I'd say I actually decided to finally get a damage dealing thing on there, and I went into Clouded Daggers. Because it's very good in early game, and it's also a very effective battlefield control spell on top of damage dealing. Because you just put this giant thing at daggers in a choke point or somewhere you don't want people to go. And it helps a lot. It does. And just like there's a lot of people, we are not doing so great. Daggers in the door, come get us. Let's do yeah, this. That's great, especially if you're fighting a giant monster that really can't move. Mm-hmm. You put it on a part of it that can't move, as opposed to like its hand that can just move out of that five foot square. Or if you happen to ensnare a big guy. Yeah. And then you put it in there because he can't move at all and he's just getting to sit there. Or in the middle of a gelatinous cube is also good that is slowed down by a difficult terrain. Oh, yeah. Also good. Yeah. You got lots of, lots of little cube pieces. All of that, that's how they make individual jello cups. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, my second level spell is... Again, a utility spell. Uh, I really like these. Uh, invisibility. Uh, I've used this. There's never a bad time for invisibility. Invisibility, I use invisibility, all the time. I mean, there's one point which I think we've mentioned before where I was invisible during an entire conversation uh, with a duke and then recast it and was invisible the entire time everyone was in a dungeon <laughs> because I just was. And I scared then the crap out of Then we had fun blowing the, the entire town's mind when we went in and we left with more people than we went exactly. into the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. So, like, 
you can do fun stuff with it. You can also attempt to keep people safe with it and then have it dispelled. Um, but you can also like use it and uh, have more than one person invisible, yeah. which is also helpful. Uh, so you can use it on heists like we did once. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's just a generally useful spell. So, I mean, the one downside is like you can't use it. You, you can't like attack while invisible. It goes away. But, oh well, they know you're it's there. It's a second level point. spell. Yeah, it's a second level spell. Yeah. Plus, if you're invisible, most likely things aren't attacking you because you're invisible. Yeah. Yes. You get a surprise. Like, like some things might be able to detect you like true sight or tremor sense or something like that but like not tons yeah right. and going back to the buff debuff getting to our third levels I chose hypnotic pattern because anytime you can charm people it's good especially if you can get a big thing and essentially player characters after they tried to make someone invisible <laughs> yeah we get back, back full circle <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was a recent game it's fresh on the minds yeah it's they uh just for the record because because that's not a game we stream or anything like that uh they were confronted by uh an organization that that wants wants them to die yep with arrest because they they convinced it a king to allow them to arrest the party and uh Sub yeah was being a bit impulsive and not liking that idea yes yeah, someone was um, <laughs> and not denying it and there was one of the party who became invisible because peter was like we're gonna we're gonna try to protect people uh she she basically was heard because stealth is not good for her apparently she also role played giggling at tahu being tahu. she she yeah she also just giggled at someone fully in role play not even me doing it uh which a fireball in a wood room in the library that was later she, she did, that was later but, but still. once once she was pretty sure they kind of knew where she was she was like i'm just gonna stay still and not try to like walk a few feet away and and try to like not be there which leads to the spell i chose because it's exactly the spell that they used uh dispel magic yeah mm -hmm. uh, because you think someone that you hear someone you think they're invisible right there you can dispel that magic uh there there are items that or yep. or any magical effect that you dislike and it's too late you can't use counterspell right now Fine, just dispel the magic. And then the hypnotic pattern to try to charm everyone but me in the room. Even though I had just locked them in this room with an immovable rod. Yes. Uh, you did do that. And also locked their friends out. Which was quite hilarious. That was what we call anyway. a dick move. Yes. <laughs> the hypnotic pattern is great. Unless you're being blasted in the face by two angry uh, firebolts from a sorcerer who did not like you one bit. Correct. Yeah. 
then you're not going to generally save your concentration throw. But overall, it's a very good way of getting a lot of people out of combat and action economy very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially if they're grouped together. Because yeah. a 30-foot cube is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my third level spell uh, is Mass Healing Word. Again, another utility spell, but this is you know an, another necessary one if your whole party is getting hurt. Uh, it again can be upcast. It it's not quite as good as like going up to someone with cure wounds. It only does like one d four, but if you're getting a little pummeled and you need that little extra kick, it it's helpful in a pinch. Mm-hmm. So especially since you, it does it for all of your party, not just. Well, six creatures within range of 60 feet, which is generally speaking going to be everybody. So, Unless you're one of those crazy DMs that I've definitely seen online that are like, no, you need to become a better DM and run games of like seven or eight people. Been there, done that. It's not the most fun. No. I mean, I legitimately saw someone post on someone talking about like, how they cap at like five people in their party and someone responded with like you just need to be a better dm like i run a party of seven all the time what get out quick gatekeeping yeah don't do that like stop i mean if you can more power to you but don't don't say that you have to yeah don't say it. yeah. it's the hallmark of a good dm to be able to dm for seven players or more yeah no and I will say, I'd be more open to bigger parties if we're physically at a table. I do not like more than four or five online. No. Yeah. That just becomes impossible to manage. Yeah, the chatter, since it's all through the same speaker, is just it, yeah, way it's kind much. of a pain. Anyway, back on topic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mass Healing, we're a great spell. So, yes. Uh, fourth level? Run, right? Yep fourth level um i picked greater invisibility go figure uh part of that is we were talking about these a little earlier and some the the one that i was going to do got chosen already so uh, but greater invisibility um again i like being invisible keeps you from being hit Uh, as we've talked about multiple times i'm squishy and die a lot so i like to be not the obvious target uh, another thing that's good about greater invisibility is you remain invisible on actions or being attacked. So when I said in invisibility you reappear when you attack something, you don't for invisibi- or greater invisibility. So as long as you can concentrate on it, you can still attack things and they don't know where you yeah. are. And speaking of Peter being squishy and dying a lot, I chose Polymorph <laughs> to intensely make peter something that is not squishy and dies a lot <laughs> gives him a lot of extra hit points. but for sure is going to prevent him from spell casting <laughs> my original plan was this last time when we had people with lots of counter spells was to make two giant apes in the room just to go pummel that's the fair. living hell out of them that's because i was gonna twin it <laughs> and then we'd have a becky and a peter running around this giant ape pummeling the warlock well, I already used my uh, bag of tricks, so we had an ape in there already. Yeah, so there would be two giant apes and then a normal-sized ape. 
No, this was gonna be this was gonna be one of the first things I did after that first wave of counterspell, but I was so worried they were gonna counterspell my polymorph. I was like, ah. <laughs> I was hoping things would do, people would do things to make them use reactions, so I can just do this thing. But then I also knew as soon as I did this, I was gonna get focused on on the attack, and I didn't want to have it immediately down again. Yeah. But I still would like to twin polymorph people into giant apes. I think it would be fun. I'm just gonna focus you down every combat. You do that all the time anyway. It's because I feel bad for Peter. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm in to, to do it, like, hard mode, take down the healer first. I've killed Peter so many times, let's let's switch it up a bit. How about That's the guy true. who's twin casting disintegrates? Yeah, that guy deserves to be focused on. Right, we're casting these, uh, I'm summoning these things. Wait, those things are undead. I'm sunbeaming them with radiant light. God damn it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so I chose the spell that Peter really wanted to choose. That's Dimension Door. Oh, yes. My favorite. It's just it's ridiculously useful. Uh, I mean, short distance, low level transport. Uh, for, for Star Trek fans, probably be a site-to-site transport. Hmm. Because uh, I I know more than just D and D. I have no life, so I watch everything. Um, yeah, I mean, place you can visualize, uh, or in a direction, um, like five hundred feet. Yep. Uh, just takes an action done instantaneously. You can bring along a. A uh, willing other creature. Yep. Pretty great. Can can get two people out of uh, out of trouble in a pinch. I've used it for yep. that twice. Got us yep. out of getting uh, eaten. Eat. And uh, yeah, someone got it... swallowed by a monster. After we killed the monster, this character was still in stomach acid. So I crawled down the creature's throat. Grabbed her hand and dimension door us out. That was a very good way of doing it. Yeah, and you also dimension door us, or us to basically avalanche a army to death as well. Yes, I did. Yep, you have used dimension door to great effect. That's and... what I'm saying. It's one of my favorites. And and in the heist to get out of that building, surrounded by a bunch it's of like enemies, they're attacking us. Bye. <laughs> I'm out. Uh. Which now those uh, chickens are coming home to roost. So good job, guys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, just, I mean. That's the future us. Is that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the you guys in two days problem. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it can, I mean, you got to be careful not to like show up in a place that's already occupied or else you could take like four d6 damage and you fail to teleport yeah so there's some risk yeah but you know it's not guaranteed but generally speaking if you plan ahead and you can see where you're going you're fine. yeah yeah it's, it's a great spell is that the last one for fourth level yes, it was right, well, i'm going to start with the fifth level because love i love this spell um, because you 
my shenanigans. It's a uh, modified memory. <laughs> I mean, like, it has rules for if you're doing it against a creature in combat, but who does that, right? Not me. No, no. I'm using the other effects to just, like, erase the events of something that happened in the last 24 hours. I mean, it's like a 10-minute period, but erase the events or change what they believe happened and, like, affect all of that. It's so fantastic to just mess with NPCs in that way. Like, I wouldn't use it unless there was, like, role-play character moment, like, where a where a uh, like party member wanted me to use it, I wouldn't use it against a party. But like, you could even have some interesting moments where like they want to forget something that just happened, or are so pained by something that just happened. Because I've also seen it used that way that a party member kind of takes pity on one of their friends and like modifies one of their memories to help them cope. Obliviate. Yeah. So like, there's there's more than one use. It it. Also, you know, um, it gets a bunch of crap in uh, the case of using it in combat. That's really going to be helpful. Uh, yeah, it's just a great spell. Yep. You know, it's very good. It's really good. I went uh, a bit more combat heavy with mine. I went with animate objects. Because as long as you have 10 copper pieces on you, you could do for one minute 10d4 plus 40 damage, potentially. <laughs> Everything as a bonus action. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's just one that you can just go, oh, I animate these things. They're tiny. They're plus eight to hit. There's 10 of them. Have fun dodging. But who has copper pieces? I'm, I'm going to be a little flashy with mine. 10 gold pieces. That's fine. But that's, you can literally have 10 pieces of scrap and junk. And you can make this work. Yeah. And it's, you will always have something that can do a stupid amount of damage, decent amount of AC. They hilariously have, since it being tiny, they only have 20 hit points. You could animate a huge, uh, one huge one. It has up to 80 and does 2d12 plus 4 damage on that. That's but all. I love the idea of okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm going to animate that uh that rock. Have fun fighting this new rock monster. <laughs> that is no. Because it's a non magical item that is not being worn or carried. You could You could make Yandu with this. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly you get you make in his arrow. But there's multiple of them, it's not just one. Yeah. There's ten of them that you set out two different targets in the same bonus action. Is... Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You don't get to choose one. Let me see. I want to make sure that it's You can call any of them or all of them at the same time, issuing the same command to each one. You can decide. Okay, so it is you attack them all at the same one. That's still fine. That's Yeah, that's still one of those. Or you can say, hey, guard this door. And you're like, all right. When this person comes around this corner, ten things immediately hit him in the face. That's just great. Mm-hmm. It, they, it's a really fun thing. You can do a lot of fun stuff with it, and you can do a, it's a lot of damage. It's and basically it's 
never ending ammo for whatever you need. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Peter. Um, I picked Synaptic Static, so I actually went for a uh, a combat spell here, which I think is the go. first one that I picked so far. Yeah, it's uh, fifth level. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I use other combat spells, but my favorite ones aren't necessarily that. But uh, Synaptic Static is psychic energy. It's a 20-foot radius sphere, uh, and it's an intelligent saving throw. Uh, so obviously you can't use it against a creature with two or lower because, you know, not intelligent enough for it to matter. But you can... Uh, but they take 8 d6 psychic damage on a failed save, half if they're successful. And on a failed save, they have muddled thoughts for one minute. During that time, they roll a d6 and subtract the number rolled from all of its attack rolls and ability checks, as well as its constitution saving throws to maintain concentration. So, it it hurts them and then debuffs them. So it's, you know, and it doesn't cost any material components. So you can just do it. It's great. Perfect. Always good, especially when you get the high level ones that don't cost material components. Yeah, That's I am helpful. a big fan of spells that do not cost material components because you can just do them whenever you want. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As long as you can talk. Hence why I'm making a character that doesn't have to do verbal uh, components. You can just do some quick hand gestures and boom, spell. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you don't like my diplomat character that will be able to do that? I won't when you start using it against me. Uh... <laughs> Perfect. Well, moving on to 6th level. Speaking uh, of diplomats doing things like that, sorry. Well, yeah, uh, so uh, speaking of you know, spells using components, I may have chosen one that that consumes uh, some of its components uh, with true seeing because you need an ointment for the eyes that cost 25 gold pieces is made from mushroom powder, saffron, and fat is consumed by the spell. First off, that just sounds like a horrible thing to put on your eyes. Yeah, that seems like sounds... it would be. That's pink eye way to happen. <laughs> Almost. Uh, but it's only like 25 gold pieces worth of stuff. So it's not like a ridiculously high amount. But uh, true seeing gives you, gives the person uh, true sight for like 120 feet. Which is great. You can see into the uh, ethereal plane. You can notice secret doors hidden by magic. And all the wonders of true sight. Um, I particularly like the ethereal plane one. Because people using like Blink. Or. Uh, oh. Uh, camera, plane shift. Plane shift. Uh, Reaper. I think Either Reapers or Retrievers. Retrievers I think they are the metal spider things mm -hmm. like uh phase spiders that like they can go to the ethereal plane stuff like that or it's like you can keep tracking them through combat that's nice uh with with having true sight it lasts for an entire hour so plenty of time for uh entire combat and just anyone trying to be annoying with invisibility also true so <laughs> like i see you 
Yeah, it's just it's just quite helpful for a lot of things. Yes. It is a very good one. Okay. I decided to go with Math Suggestion. That you get more than just like command that it's like a word. You get up to a couple sentences suggest up to twelve people to do something. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not harmful to them, it is considered reasonable. Like, you could essentially tell a small garrison to abandon your post. And if they fail, they would just leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's... This platoon, just go. Just leave. Head north. That's, just, that type to do. You can tell them, go north. And they would just keep going north till the spell wears off. Yep. And then they would sit there going, why am I here? <laughs> yes. That would be exactly what would happen. But it would be... It's a very useful one just for the sheer amount of people that you could do. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. at first, you're sitting there like, Suggestion's a second-level spell. Why would you want to essentially upcast it to this? But the fact that you could do it to this many people mm. is one of those that could be encounter-breaking or save your lives. Just, mm. you're in a really bad spot, and you're like, well, let's see if this works. Yeah, good. Like you got to break someone out of prison, and you got a bunch of people guarding it. Or you need to get someone out of prison who doesn't want to leave. Or there's a few of them who are just not being compliant. You said, and you just tell them, "Hey, follow me." Fine, I guess I will. Yep. There's a lot of good ways that you can use it. Oh yeah. And especially those who are creative, and that's always fun spells that get extra dimensions if when you can be creative with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine, uh, I first wanted to mention quickly uh, Heroes Feast, because I just found that one. I kind of like that, where it's like, it, it does take a lot to use. Uh, gem worth a thousand gold, point, gold, gold pieces. Uh, but, uh, basically, you can... Uh, during like a an hour duration so that's a long rest short rest i don't remember the duration exactly it's a short rest yeah so during a short rest you can basically gain all of your hit points back remove like poisoned or any of those sorts of debuffs and then you also get like advantage and immune to charmed for the next 24 hours or something so it it does a lot of stuff it's really helpful Um, it's just a little expensive to use but one, but the, the one that I picked, uh, because I'm big on no material costs, is Otto's Irresistible Dance. Uh, so one creature you can see within range, they have to uh, start comically capering in place. Uh, so <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> they become the lord of the dance. They become the lord of the dance, and they have to stay there. And they I get they get disadvantage on dexterity and attack, so they can still try to attack, but they have disadvantage. And if you move out of their range, they can't hit you because they can't follow you. They have to dance in place. So, so it's just hilarious because they're 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 aware of what they're doing. They're just dancing and they can't stop. It's just great. <laughs> I really also picture the bard doing this and then playing the worst music possible to make them seem like they're dancing to yeah. 
It's something that they absolutely despise. But also playing it offbeat to their dance steps, so it looks like they're just terrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't... So, you can, so, they, so they just throw in vicious mockery, too. It's like, you can't dance, man! Dance off, man, you and me. Ah! You suck! <laughs> we do this for a dance-off to save the universe. Yes. <laughs> Althurion versus Peniel, dance off to save the universe. That seems like a terrible And at idea. the very end, I'm distracting you, idiot. Uma's all in the corner. Just takes it down. Yeah, good luck with more like Yeah. This. They want to kill a god, and this is their plan. I they don't see it going it. well. It's up to say theater. <laughs> is it going to work? No, but it's a hilarious idea. It is. It's fun it's to watch them try. He just <laughs> ended up dead. That's what would happen. Getting into seventh level. What do people got? <laughs> a spell that has uh, recently frustrated me slightly. Uh, teleport. Just you and eight willing creatures. You're, you're, you're out of here. It's uh, with no distance limit <laughs> at all. Yeah, the the distance limits the uh, the range of the pe the area people have to be in for you to teleport them. And uh, yep, it's just I mean, being quite familiar with the place gives it's so it's I mean it's still like twenty five percent chance to be not on target but even like being off target or similar areas not horrible because if you're nope. trying to escape from a giant battle about to take place like you're still not there um it's nope on out it's <laughs> not worry about there's it. only like a five percent chance of of a mishap yeah so yeah i know that's uh it's a great spot. I mean, one, it there's a part of me that's like, oh, you use this, and I don't have to deal with... Uh, Random encounters. Well, with like, what am I going to do for them traveling for a few days between cities they know super well? Nope, just teleport. Screw it. Like, <laughs> fine. Yeah, I was like, oh, do I have to travel across the continent in places I don't want to be? Nope, I don't. I can just show up. Yep. And yep. I'm loving that all of our uh, staff and everyone else just has to now get used to us just teleporting in randomly. Yeah. And at first it was shocking, and now people yeah. are slowly just getting used to it. That now this is just, a thing now. Yeah. It's just what happens. Oh, like they, words back. They, they just hear the sounds of you guys. They're like, oh, they teleported back. Okay. <laughs> Someone go see who they've brought this time with them. We have been doing that quite recently, have we? Yep. Bringing back friends. Yeah. Which is a good thing, but still. I just went with something very opposite of teleport. I decided to go force cage. <laughs> because you're trapped in there. It's one of those that you can't leave it very easily. Like, you have to make saves for teleportation, like uh, Dimension Door, any inter interplanar travel also has to make a save. 
you have to make a Christmas saving throw on that. So it's something that can be really useful for people who have a lot of this bullshit going around. Or, for my favorite, I want to lock an enemy in there with our barbarian and just see what happens. I think it would be yeah. fun. We could make our own little fight club in there. Yeah. Ridiculous. Because it extends into the ethereal plane as well. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yes, it does. And it cannot be dispelled by spell magic. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yep. So all these things, like, how am I going to do this? Unless you have a successful counterspell, it's not going away. And it's not concentration. It's just there for an hour unless it gets dispelled by the user. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So cool. Jim is so done with this right now. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I don't have it. I can't use it against you. I don't Yet. have it. Yet. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not currently playing a bard, a warlock, or a wizard against you. I can't do it. You'll probably take something. You'll you'll start multi-classing or some shit just to take this. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna happen. I have access to this level of spells. If I take one level of wizard. That opens all wizard spells to me. Get out. <laughs> just... Umazal can go die in a hole. He will. So it would never be a wizard. <laughs> it would not work out well. Not that type of person. Not the type of wizard. No. No. Sorcerer uh, fits in pretty perfect. Yeah. Peter, what was yours? My seventh level. Um, I am again going to go for something utility. Um, resurrection. Because I've had to use that. <laughs> and it's just generally helpful, especially if you don't have a healer in the party other than you. Generally, you hope that you're not the one who gets down, because then, since you're the only one who can use resurrection, you're hosed. But... Um, it's, it's just, it's a very helpful spell. A little expensive, but very, very helpful to bring people back from the dead. Because Indeed. you don't have to do it, like, immediately upon them being down. So if, like, you can't get to someone during combat, you can, you can catch them afterwards. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always having the ability to bring someone back to life is a good thing. Yes, it's always good. So on to the eighth level, honestly the most underwhelming level. Yeah, yeah. just not not great. Yeah. Uh, that across the board with a lot of different classes. Eighth level is just meh. I think it's just that weird spot where like, cause you're still not getting like very many, but you can't. They're not spells that are so powerful because they're not ninth level, but also they need to be like good enough to only be able to cast like seldomly that really doesn't like it's just a weird spot to make a level in or do what i do just use it as another spell slot for teleportation yeah basically <laughs> that is what i use it for yeah. i can just teleport twice now yeah yeah um so the spell that i pick for eighth level is um mind blank 
the interesting thing about this one is it lasts 24 hours. It's not concentration. Um, so one willing creature, so this is a buff spell, even though it doesn't sound like it. Uh, one creature you touch who's willing, is immune to psychic damage. Any effect that would sense its emotions or read its thoughts, divination spells, and the charmed condition. What makes it an 8th level spell, because that doesn't sound super interesting, is the spell even foils wish spells. And spells or effects of similar power used to affect this, the target's mind or to gain information about the target, like scrying. So, it's, it's pretty really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um... Out of all of the 8th level spells, this is one I would go for, because it's actually useful if you know that you've got some bozo trying to find you guys or do that sort of thing to you. So. I would say, I, the one I like, the one I picked is Feeble Mind, mm-hmm. mainly That's a good one because too. of its duration. It doesn't have a lot of damage, the damage is so negligible, I don't even know why it's there. But... On a failed intelligence saving throw, intelligence saving throw for one, your intelligence and charisma scores become one. The creature cannot cast spells, activate magic items, understand language, or communicate in any intelligible way. The only thing you can do is identify friends to know their friends. And if you fail it, you can try to un get unfeeble-minded again in 30 days. Oh my god. Outside of that, you need greater restoration or wish. And unless someone has saw you get feeble-minded, you have no way to communicate them, I need to be greater restorated. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. That's, You're just that's a dumb dumb for 30 days. Yeah. And if you have someone, if you could, you could cast this on an enemy... Keep them around, throw them in a dungeon. Guess that 30 days, you have a caster that can give them disadvantage on some sort of saving throw. Just says, good luck with your negative 5 modifier disadvantaged. Enjoy! And yeah, and your saving throw now, since your modifiers are a 1, are almost impossible. Especially if it's the spellcaster who has, say, maybe a 16, 17, 18 saving throw. Or 17. If you get hit with Feeble Mind, unless you have someone actively trying to save you, if you come from a high caster, you're dumb the rest of your life. Yep. You, you're... That, that is the 8th level bad. spell that I took. FYI. Oh, good. Good to know. Games are getting Feeble Minded. Eh. We'll see. We, we'll we all know how well people roll against me and that sort of thing. So that's fact. Uh, yeah, I'm good at rolling against Peter. So I chose uh, Dominate Monster because for an hour you get to tell that guy what to do, like constantly, and if you forget to tell him, he's going to sit there and defend himself anyway. <laughs> um, you, I mean, you don't even really need to use after, like, they're charmed. Uh, like, no action is required on your part to tell them, like, hey, attack that guy because you're connected uh, 
tell telepathically. You just do it. And uh yeah, they'll just they'll do that to the best of their ability. It's it's pretty great. Uh if you want to upcast it, you can upcast it so it lasts for eight hours. Wow. So it's pretty solid. That's it. Alright, I like it. Say, so I went. Uh, and now we're getting into the the big bones, the ninth level. What yep. Has everyone gotten? I chose power word heal. Hey, someone else picked a healing spell. I chose a healing spell. Woo! So I was like, this is really good. So, I mean, choose a target. It regains all of its hit points. If it's charmed, frightened, paralyzed, or stunned, that ends. If it's prone, it can use its reaction to stand up. Uh, at, a, at high levels, when some, like, your tank, who has been your damage sponge all combat, is down to, like, two hit points, and but, like, has a max of, like, nearing 200 and you're just like hey you're fine yeah you're good don't worry you're fine yep that's it just you're good full hit points totally healed you're back (laughs) go forth and beat shit up go forth and take more damage for me I mean Go, Sponge, go. Go, Sponge. Uh, The 9th level spell that I picked was Psychic Scream. I do tend to like my psychic damage, apparently. Uh, So this is like the second combat spell that I've picked so far. Uh, So far. It's the last one. the last one. Exactly. It's the last one. I've only picked two, period. Um, So... You blast up to 10 creatures within 90 feet. Uh, it, of course, has the, the general, you know, psychic limiting of intelligence of two or lower. Um, so they make an intelligence saving throw. On a failed save, you take 14d6 damage, and you're stunned. Successful save, take half the damage, and aren't stunned. Fun little flavor thing. If they're killed by it, their head explodes. Cool. Nice that it's in there. Um, Always and, good. Appreciate and then that. a stunned target can make an intelligence saving throw at the end of each turn. So normal stunned rules, but yeah. you can stun up to ten people and potentially kill them. <laughs> so yeah. And if they have low enough hit points, you just see ten heads popping off. Just exactly. Yep. Just like nice. Right. I chose with mine true polymorph. Because it's insane. Uh, you get to choose one creature, everything like normal polymorph. And when you decide to take a creature and turn to another creature, unlike normal polymorph, you are not limited to just beasts. It just can only be the challenge rating has to be your level or lower. So you yeah, wanna be level. an adult you wanna be an adult red dragon? You wanna be an ancient brass dragon if you're level twenty? Have fun. You want to be a phoenix. 
go for it. And if you remain in that form the entire duration, which is one hour, that becomes your form now if you want. You can just become a phoenix. And then, you're always a phoenix, or you're always a dragon. So you're always a dragon. And you uh, then cast Polymorph to be a person. Mm-hmm. So they kill what they think is just a wizard, and then a dragon pops up. <laughs> oh, you boy. Polymorph into your normal self, <laughs> and then become... That's, that's actually quite clever. Yeah, this is you. Do th- you become a phoenix? You have effectively given yourself immortality. Yeah, because since you're now a phoenix, after one d six days, you become a new phoenix, and you get to explode in a fiery glory <laughs> when you die. That would be. That's... But then, don't you have to like? grow back up or did those mechanics not work in this one you're just like fully an adult again i haven't i just thought of this when i was going through the bestiary so i haven't put that much thought into it fair i'm just thinking like you know what if the 1d6 you know wears out in the middle of a freaking dungeon and you blow up huh does this mean you get legendary actions if you become dragons and things like that uh, how does that work? That's a good question. As I'm reading this spell fully, uh, let's see. Tart's game statistics are replaced. Retains alignment personality. It assumes hit points in its new form. Uh, I mean, so. If you do turn into a phoenix, you don't get to be immortal. If you drop zero hit points, you do change back. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I, I don't okay. think it it. I, I'm not seeing. Maybe it, maybe it does. I'm just quickly looking over this. I'm not seeing it says you take their like skills and abilities. It's ability scores. So you get the strength and yeah. all of that, but you don't get legendary actions. You don't get. I'm just trying to think how. I Let's say, but if you become an adult dragon, you wouldn't get a breath weapon with it. I feel like you would. It does not appear so. No, because you're still like. It's not that you are. Now actually a dragon or a phoenix or whatever. You are still a person, polymorphed. It's just, since the transformation becomes permanent, like, you're just not concentrating on it. Yeah. That's fair. So, like, you're still, at your core, your soul is still that of a person, not of a dragon. If we want to get into metaphysical terms here, the form is still person. The accidents are now just different. You're welcome, Peter. I still think it would be very fun. So you do this true polymorph. You cast polymorph on yourself. Yeah. You fight someone. They get into this area. You become back dragon. 
they keep fighting you. You get down to zero again. You're now <laughs> back to yourself. And they're just like, what yeah. the hell is going on? I already killed you like this. Like, yeah, you gotta do it one more time, motherfucker. And then depending on what it is, you still have a ninth level, you can cast your polymorph on yourself again. So you go and then become a dragon again. Just to piss them off. It's just keep the dragons all the way down. <laughs> all the way down. You're not immortal, but you're definitely going on some crazy uh, health spirals. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's not like what like the clone spell or whatever yeah. that other classes get. Uh, but yeah, you, I mean, you definitely can do some ridiculous things. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's everyone's ninth level, right? I think yeah. so. Cool. This was fun going into this. I'm looking forward to doing the next one, which which would be clerics. Yeah, oh, God. yeah, clerics. That's going to be a fun one. Indeed. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us this long. These next ones are definitely going to be longer, but I think it's going to be fun to go over all of our favorite stuff. I mean, um, for the record, I think this is shorter than last week. It it's is very possible. <laughs> so it's going to be longer, but actually, we're cutting back this time. Fair. Well. Uh, before we sign off, how was everyone's drink? Oh, delicious. Yeah. Uh, this this scotch is just... It's kind of one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. S- single malt. 12-year age. It's delicious, smooth. Can't complain. Yeah, I'd say you can't go wrong with this one. If you find it for a good price, you and you like drinking something neat on the rocks... Give it a shot. It's really awesome. Blade and and you get the bathroom key to the distillery in the process. Exactly. You get the <laughs> and uh, this is the one that I had. Garrison Brothers. It's pretty good. And I will say it again. It is a PT bourbon. Uh, PD. Seems really weird. Can we call you PD from now on? No. Okay. Okay, PD. Ha! <laughs> With that, signing off, everyone. Have a good night.